Are we recording? Yes, we are. Fantastic. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I'm Louisa. I'm a neurodivergent academic at the University of Reading, and I'm your podcast host for season three of Psychological. Psychological is a podcast that started during lockdown, and it aims to make an evidence-based contribution to conversations about child and adolescent well-being, development and learning, and neurodiversity. Today's Psychological is with Beatrice Lopez from the Autism Centre for Research on Employment, or ACRE, at the University of Portsmouth. Beatrice is on the phone with me today to talk about one of her recent papers, Evaluation of the ACE Employment Programme, Helping Employers to Make Tailored Adjustments for Their Autistic Employees. So, Hello, how are you doing today? Great, thank you. And thank you for inviting me to share our last paper on employment. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me as well. I'm really looking forward to hearing about it. So first off, I'm going to start by asking you what you found in this piece of research. Well, um, the main finding um, from our paper uh, is that employers need as much support as autistic employees. Specifically, we found that conducting an assessment of autistic employees' profiles of strengths and and challenges helps employers to make the right adjustments for their autistic employees. And our results show that conducting a profile assessment prior to starting work Mm -hmm. led to a significant increase in self-esteem, a a significant decrease in negative mood. Um, Most importantly, 85% autistic participants agreed that their employer had made the right adjustments for them in the workplace. Nice. Yeah, so making that assessment beforehand is really useful. It's crucial, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I was going to say as well, why do you think you might have found this? But it's quite clear that because it helped. (laughs) It helped. Uh, In a way, by by giving employers, you know, a profile of their employee Mm. rather than generic training on autism is specifically forget this person is even autistic this person is really good at this and they struggle a bit with this and this is what you can do what happens is the mentor the the, the employer becomes their mentor in a way and they really know what they need to do in order to provide the right environment Yeah. yeah that sounds fantastic so what was it that motivated you to look at this then well the project is motivated by the double empathy approach to autism Mm-hmm. And the double empathy um, is uh, idea uh, that was proposed by Damien Milton in ten years ago now uh, is is the idea that while autistic people may have difficulty understanding non-autistic people, the same is true for non-autistic people. Yeah. That is, that non-autistic people also have difficulty understanding autistic people, mm-hmm. and this obviously applies to employers as well. Um, So rather than developing an employment program primarily supporting autistic employees, we turn the approach around and develop a program that focuses on helping and supporting employers in making tailored adjustments uh, for their employees. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Mm. So so how did you do your study then? Well, the first thing we did, it was a a wide-scale consultation within the autism community to identify the main barriers autistic people face at work. Mm -hmm. So that that should be always the starting point, is actually ask what the problem is from the people that are experiencing the problem. Um, And the results um, 
that we report in this paper in study one show that the main barrier um, they face is lack of autism awareness, um, employers' autism awareness, and failure to make adjustments in the workplace. So, so as a first step, we develop a set of assessment tools to evaluate adjustment needs in the workplace. And these tools enable making recommendations for line managers tailored to their employee. And then we run an eight-week employment program providing work experience for 18 autistic participants. And we did an evaluation of that program. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So um, how open then were kind of our, our employers to kind of introducing things? Do you know how open different people are? Are you kind of putting feelers out to ask around? Um we didn't have much difficulty actually finding okay. employers that were willing to, to to have autistic people on a work experience basis. Yes. Um, having said that, most of the employers we recruited were people that had some sort of link to autism or mental health, had some relative with mental health or autism or learning disability. So it, they were essentially people that are prime because of personal yeah, motivation that makes a lot of sense unfortunately that is still the case it is still the case yeah I mean I guess that is another reason why it is so important for more people to kind of meet autistic people and know what they're like as well get yeah. us out in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no fantastic so how did you uh, kind of analyze your data what did you what methods did you use, perhaps? Well, we evaluated the program by taking measures from both employers and employees on well-being, self-esteem, satisfaction before and after the program yeah. on several aspects. Um, and we also conducted a cost analysis simulation mm-hmm. by comparing the cost of delivering our program mm-hmm. with a standard employment program. Some figures published, um, already published from another program. And this latter analysis actually showed that thanks to the profiling reports, autistic employees hardly needed any support because the, the support, the employment programs are kind of expensive to deliver because most of the time they, they put some they put support, a mentor um, for the autistic employee. And what we have shown and is that if you support the employer, you don't need that support. Actually, from week two, People were getting one hour mentorship a week. Wow. Autistic employees, primarily because the employer had become the mentor in a way, um, by knowing perfectly well what any issues, what the strengths and and so on of their employee was. Um, So actually, we we estimated a, a, a six pound saving per hour worked in terms of the program, which is pretty amazing. Um, and also we found, you know, a lot of satisfaction, both employers and employees, uh, with the program at the end of the program. So that's, we were quite happy with that. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something as well, that not just for autistic people, actually kind of like sitting down with your employer and working out how you work, how to best support you, it would be useful for everybody. That would be absolutely fantastic for everyone if jobs started like that wouldn't it really (laughs) yes I think there is a perception that all these assessments are really expensive and really time consuming Mm. but actually uh, if you take a longer term approach if Mm. this assessment is done at the beginning everything works therefore 
there's no wasted time later trying to fix problems, trying to feel, because sometimes the communication kind of gets broke down because of problems at some point, and then it's very difficult to repair that relationship between line manager and employee. But if you do it from the start, the the line manager takes kind of ownership Mm. of what it needs to be done, not HR, not OC Health, you know, the line manager, this is your employee, and you know, mm. make the most of the strengths and and put you know support for for any challenges, then you actually in the long term you save money. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, uh, even on a personal note, when I was in employment before I went back to university, that would have been incredibly useful. There were so many jobs that I just sort of had to leave because the relationships broke down because I wasn't well supported. I didn't realize that I was autistic at the time, but had I realized and had support been in place, I probably would have stayed in many jobs that I couldn't stay in because the relationships broke down because I wasn't supported. That's one of the things we found this study one that actually, um, you know, the majority of autistic people that took part in the consultation, Mm -hmm. they were in jobs for less, six months or less, most of the time They, they couldn't. And this, I think, is the other advantage of doing these assessments at the beginning is you increase job retention because then things work everyone is happy and you just get on with it yeah that's absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. that sounds great I was going to ask what you think we can learn from the study but actually I think we've covered a fair amount of that I don't know if there's any other things that you can think of yeah I think it's important just to stress that I think what certainly I've learned from this is that we need to change our perception that autistic people need expensive support at work when employers need as much support and this support can be provided very cheaply. Actually, these assessments are, we offer them free of charge. So they are free because we have funding from several sources. So, and the university is really supporting us on this. So we are actually providing these assessments for free at the moment. And they are uh, available nationwide from our website. Brilliant. So I'll, I'll put a link to the website in the podcast mm-hmm. chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else have you been working on as well? Is there anything else that you're working on at the moment? Yes, thank you for asking. I am very busy writing a book entitled Autism in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Development, Diversity and Dialogue. And in this book... The book will attempt to highlight the need to conceptualize autism as a condition that develops over time, Mm -hmm. so it's not fixed, Mm -hmm. and and it develops as a result of their interactions with primarily a non-autistic world, hence the development and the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And the book also stresses the importance to start taking variability within autism seriously by systematically investigating heterogeneity patterns and also to understand the sources of this variability, whether they may be due to environmental influence, genetic makeup, or... But we really need... We are always talking about it's a very heterogeneous condition, but no one is actually investigating what this heterogeneity looks like and where does it come from. That's a really interesting approach, actually. I mean, there are kind of a lot of people that have mentioned that it's very heterogeneous, and then there has been a a few sort of calls for further subgrouping of autism Mm -hmm. but actually kind of looking at the reasons why and exploring it in that respect seems to it makes more sense to me that makes more sense other than just sort of subgrouping further like actually exploring 
why, like how the environment interacts with it. That makes so much, so much more sense. That sounds really exciting. When are you looking to release your book? Well, I need to submit it by the end of this year. So hopefully it will be out early 2023. Wow. Okay. That's definitely something to look forward to. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Brilliant. So, and then our final question, there's probably some students or early career researchers listening. So is there anything that you would like to say to them? Um, Yes. Um, Seize every opportunity you have to read, listen and work with colleagues outside of your specific psychological area, Um, because innovative ideas tend to come from the integration of knowledge from different uh, fields. And to me, probably the best example is from the autism literature is the application of the concept of theory of mind mm-hmm. um, that was a, devel- a concept developed within animal psychology. And Baron Cohen took it to the study of autism and, you know, it changed the field for the next 30 years. And I know theory of mind, the concept now is kind of controversial, but it, it really kind of is that kind of integration and combination of ideas from different fields that really move a field forward so go to any talk work with people outside your or your narrow area i think is really important that's really really good advice that's also advice that we've not had before on this and so fantastic advice really really useful brilliant Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your work with us it's really really interesting really interesting and thank you so much for anyone listening for joining us you can find out more about Beatrice and her work by following the links in the podcast description on Buzzsprout or in your podcast app and join us again at the same time next week for another episode of Psychological. Bye. Bye and thank you.